Hey, welcome to Music Made Me, the Tune Chord Podcast. I'm Stephanie Flam, and I'm going to be hosting today's episode. So this is sort of a part two to our sync licensing episode. So we recommend that you check out that episode if you haven't already. Um, so today we're going to talk about music publishing, specifically how independent artists can make more money from songwriter royalties and generally just why it's important to be registered with PROs and, and stuff like that. So to help us talk about that, we've got Jillian Morris, who's TuneCore's Vice President of Publishing. Hello. And we've also got a musician, producer, and TuneCore artist, Starcadian. His album Sunset Blood and EP Saturdays were both released to rave reviews, and he's since had his music featured on HBO, League of Legends, Kong, and more. He's about to wrap up his second full-length album, Midnight Signals, expected to be out later this year, while also developing a feature-length movie based on the mythology of his albums. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, awesome. So... Just to get started, I know that um, personally, as somebody who doesn't know a ton about music publishing, um, the first time I tried to understand how royalties work, I was just completely confused. So I guess kind of a starting point is what is a royalty and what are some of the types of royalties that you could get as a songwriter? Um, so music publishing, just first and foremost, is the business of uh, songwriters. So... I think you have to first understand that with any piece of music, there are two sets of rights. There's the recording right, which is somebody singing the song. And then there's the publishing right, which is the song they're actually singing, the music and lyrics to the song. So that's what we talk about when we talk about music publishing. Um, so all songwriters should, if you've written the song, you should deal with your publishing. <laughs> um, because it really represents a significant amount of money. And, you know, they published, there was a study published last year that said that music publishing accounted for 40% of the global music rights uh, income. Um, so if you are, if you've written a song and you've recorded it and you've gotten it distributed through TuneCore, that's great because that's the first step, but that's only half of the rights and half of the money that you can get. Um, so with publishing, the different types of royalties you can get are uh, royalties for uh, mechanical royalties, which are paid, you know, it used to be when you sold a record, you would get, um, and you still do, you get a mechanical every time your song is sold. So you get a mechanical for uh, physical record sales and downloads. But you also get a mechanical for streaming, which a lot of people don't realize. And then you can also get performance royalties, which is every time your song is played in a bar, played in a live venue, streamed on Spotify, streamed on Pandora. Those are performance royalties, and those are paid by ASCAP and BMI. Um, and then there are sync royalties and licensing royalties. So those are royalties payable or fees really payable for every time your song is licensed uh, for a use. So you can get paid for use in a television show. You can get paid for sheet music. You can get paid for um, podcast licensing. Um, so anytime your song is used outside of your actual record, you get paid. Sweet. So it, do you think it's like comparing apples and oranges or it's like versus like distribution sales? So distribution sales, I think that's like how people think that they make most of their money but when you actually get into it the the licensing and all of the royalties is really where you make your money 
Well, you can make additional 40% of what you're making on your distribution sales. So if you sell, so just to take a song, you're going to sell a song on iTunes. Uh, you sell it for 99 cents. You get, as a recording artist, you get 70 cents. The songwriter gets nine cents of that. So every time every time you sell a song, the recording artist makes money and the songwriter makes money. So if you here at TuneCore, we pay all of that in through your distribution sales. But then on top of that, if you were to sign up for music publishing or if you were a music if you had a music publishing deal elsewhere, every time that song is played on Spotify, anytime it's streamed on Pandora, anytime it's used in a television show, you're making more money. And if you don't if you don't register it and you don't deal with the business of being in the system, quote unquote, which is really the songwriter's responsibility or the publisher's responsibility, your money get, sits there and it gets paid to someone else eventually because they'll release. So Spotify had this big settlement where they didn't know they had a lot of money uh, that they didn't know where to pay it because songwriters you know, perhaps didn't register it or there were mismatches or whatever. So they had a settlement where we, you know, publishers were able to go in and claim what was theirs that hadn't been matched, but they're left with a lot of royalties of songwriters who perhaps didn't register their works where they needed to be registered in order for Spotify to make the match. And so, you know, they gave an open, you know, couple of months for people to go in, for publishers to go in and claim on behalf of their writers, which we did. Um, but then at the end, if they still have money left over and songs that they still can't match, that gets paid out, um, based on market share. So your money could end up in the hands of a different company just because you didn't, you didn't register it and you didn't sign up for a publishing service. That sucks. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, and it's a so register. <laughs> I know. And it's really sad to see it happen because a lot of times when we're researching, we find people that haven't registered their publishing and we just make note of it and reach out and tell them like there's money waiting for like we've seen money that for people that we know sitting in those coffers and so we make an effort to kind of give everyone the heads up and i think that's start circadian that's like how you it seems like that's how you've kind of taken your your music to the point where it's now your career too of like getting sync licensing being registered with these yeah. places and it's opened up other opportunities for you to so do you do you take existing music um when you're being licensed like do you take existing music that you already have that's being licensed or do you sometimes write new music um i think both um i've like i have my specific narrative to say with the albums and the eps and all that stuff and um but you know there's different things that I want to say and different songs and chord progressions that I have in my head. So I always keep like a stockpile of ideas. And then sometimes it's kismet and someone tells you, Hey, I need a, you know, I need a soundtrack for this like horror movie trailer. And I'm like, Oh, I have the exact, exact thing for that. And you get into it. You, you tailor specifically for each project. At least I think that's the best way to tackle it. Um, you can, I mean, you know, you can, look at it as making something that's generic that could fit in a lot of things, but a lot of the times, you know, it's just not going to have the same impact. 
Like you have to have a specific thing in mind when you're doing each song, a specific atmosphere and world that you're immersed in and just see that all the way through. Which sort of goes uh, back to this this mythology of all of your yeah. music kind of existing in this one world, which I think is really, really cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 kind of complicated to deal with because um, before I tackle an album or an EP, I basically, me and my uh, co-director, Rob O'Neill, we basically write scripts. So we write the full script. We're like, well, this is what happens in act one. These are our characters. That's their backstory. This is what happens to them. And this is the resolution. All right. Now, if Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, and Prince wrote a soundtrack to this, what would it sound like? And that's kind of where I start doing my thing by myself um and i write a song for every sequence basically and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes i write a whole album and then i'm like no it's not it (laughs) (laughs) so you just go at it um but you know that's the itch of the artist you have to just has to be right yeah um so i think um Aside from the obvious point that you make more money when you're registered with PROs and publishing administrations, what do you what do both of you find is the the big benefit? Like aside aside from just making money. Well, honestly, personally, I I struggled a lot. Um, just on a side note, uh, with this stuff before TuneCore, um, I remember I was just wrapping up Sunset Blood, and I was meeting with someone, and it was like, okay. So you're going to do uh, ASCAP and then you're going to do BMI and then sound exchange. I'm like, well, hold on. Like, are they the same thing? Are they different? How do you do it? And the no, process. And- yeah, it's it, the process is so complicated to register these things by yourself that it like I lost all momentum at that point. And it took a few months for me to recover and be like, OK, now I got to get back to pitching this thing that I just released and I worked on for three years. Um it just immediately, as soon as I signed up on TuneCore, things just, okay, it's done. Really? That was just the button and you guys take care of it. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, how about putting it on a show? Yeah, no, we'll do that. And then like <laughs> a month later, I get a call from Liam who works here and he was, hey, um, would you be interested in having your song in an HBO show? I'm like, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I just completely lost it. I I had no idea it was going to be that easy and take huge, huge weight off my back. Yeah, it's highly, highly, from personally, for me, highly recommended. It's like if you're an independent artist, you have enough problems, as is trying to deal with the multifaceted aspect of just trying to make a business because you are a business entity, um, that it makes it so much easier to just have a dedicated company to deal with that aspect. No, I agree. It's because... Music publishing is inherently complicated. It's, and it's the type of thing where there is money waiting for you and there are rights to be protected. And if you don't know exactly what to do, you can lose on opportunities. You can lose out on money. You can, you know, have your songs unprotected. Um, so it is really, uh, to sign up with a company, you know, what I always say is you're not giving us your rights, you're letting us babysit your rights. We just, we take the rights, we put them, you know, we register the songs everywhere they need to be registered, which is not just ASCAP and BMI. There are a lot of different societies that you need to be registered at 
in order to have your songs not only be paid by the services, but to go live on the services at this point. Um, a lot of the streaming services are getting very uh, wary about putting stuff up, um, putting records up for publisher public, where the publishing isn't clear and where they don't know who wrote it and you know they would rather just not put it up at a certain point. So that's becoming more and more of a conversation. Also, when you're registered, music supervisors look, if they hear your song on Spotify, Pandora, someone sends it to, the first thing they're going to do generally is go to ASCAP and BMI to search the song to see who wrote it, to see who publishes it. And if you're not kind of in the game somewhere, people can't find you. So even just the basic of like having your name in a directory of sorts is uh, just kind of step one. It's like the Shazam of rights. Exactly. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so, so yeah, so that brings me to, especially with you, Starcadian, um, talking about collaboration <laughs> um, and splits and things like that. Like, do you think that it makes things more complicated when, uh, when you're being licensed, for example, or when you're figuring out publishing royalties, do you think collaborating is beneficial or do you think that it makes things more complicated down the road? Um, well, nothing is as complicated as dealing with another musician. <laughs> That's, you can't top that. That's like too, too much sensitive, uh, <laughs> egos in one room. If it's more than one, um, but no, actually, I mean, I personally, I don't have too many collaborations, but um, the uh, the UI and the, the online website aspect of TuneCore with dealing with the splits is like mind bogglingly simple. It's like, OK, how much is, you know, songwriter like this much and the other one that much? OK, done. It's yeah, it's it's shocking how easy it is. If you can tolerate working with another musician, <laughs> it's it's definitely highly recommended. Yeah. I mean, just I think that in the creative process, whatever works for an artist creatively can always be dealt with on the business end. So registering songs is really simple because, you know, most hit songs are written by four or five people. Um, and as long as you're very clear up front with who owns what, um, it's generally pretty easy to deal with. Um, and as long as you know how to find your co-writer down the road. And a lot of times we have writers who um, co-write songs with two or three other people. And the co-writers might not be signed up for TuneCore, but we get a license opportunity and their publishing isn't dealt with. You know, the co-writer's publishing isn't dealt with. We only represent one of the writers. And we end up, we just had this happen, we end up licensing the whole thing with everybody's consent and then they realize how easy it is and let us take care of the rest of it moving forward um, because all we're trying to do really is provide opportunity for artists and songwriters anything can be dealt with as long as everybody knows how to, everybody's got everybody's phone number yep. yeah. <laughs> sweet um so what do, for either of you, like, what do you think is the most overlooked element of being a songwriter and registering? I, I think, like, even more so than just registering for a PRO or a publishing administration, like, after you've written the song, what do you think is the most overlooked thing, like, element? 
for me, you know, coming from somebody that's administering rights and is you've written the song and you kind of record it and walk away from it. And that to me is, is just lost opportunity there. It's like, just finish, finish it. Just make sure everybody knows who everybody, you know, what everybody owns, make sure everything's buttoned up, make sure the recording is high quality um, so that it can be used and enjoyed by everybody. Um, because once you have all of the, the, uh, you know, basics put together, like who owns what, it's high quality, it's delivered, it's sorted, then it can be licensed by Spotify and Pandora and all the services. And it can be purchased by your fans and not get hung up in some kind of rights jail. And you can see the benefit of your hard work. Yeah. And I agree. Like, I think once you do finish the track, you can't just let it sit there. Like any life cycle for a song or an album is split in half. There's the production and then there's the marketing. And I think the trap that a lot of people fall in uh, is that they think marketing is just social media. You just buy the likes or you just carpet bomb the entire Twitter uh, with the, hey, check this out, and just comment on everyone's. It's not so much that. It's the, you have to be true to what you wanted to achieve artistically and present that in the best light and find the best images or articles or whatever your medium is to express that to people that don't know you and, you know, perk their ears. I mean, oh, okay, that's, I I could be into that. For me, it ended up being videos. Uh, That's kind of how a lot of people discover me, but it could be anything. As long as you don't obsess over the numbers and you need to obsess over the quality, really. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, I know people that have millions of Instagram uh, followers and and people that have a hundred and the quality difference is unbelievable. Not the way you would expect. Like the people with almost no followers, they just maybe still haven't come to terms with the current state of marketing and image. And that's all they need to do. They just need to understand that music is only a part of it. Music is the heart of it, but it's also just a percentage of the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's kind of like, because we're talking about distribution versus publishing, master versus composition. And I think when it comes to marketing, it's like inside versus outside the distribute, like the distribution, the master, the recording is the thing that you're trying to get out into the world. And then I think on the other side, you're doing a second job with the composition and you're pitching it to people and you're trying to get people like influencers to listen to it or, you know, people who can license your music to listen to it so it's this whole other you're doing like two kinds of marketing at the same time (laughs) exactly yeah yeah it really is it's it's something where you know especially like with songwriters like you you spend so much time committing to this this craft and this specific art form and then you realize how much of it is just trying to get people to listen to your music it's Mm -hmm. crazy Where you're like, I think that the hardest thing is like the creative part and the actual writing of the music, but it's really not. No, it's yeah. almost three. You know, it's just three um, divisions of the life cycle of a song. It's like creating it, writing it, you know, working with other writers, finding your producer, whatever. Then you move to recording of it, and there, are, and then you move. You know, you get you get it recorded, you get it distributed, you. You've got it in the world. And then you move to the third step, which is exactly that, which is 
touring behind it or playing shows out or, you know, marketing it through socials or marketing it however you're, you know, doing videos. But all three of those steps are equally as important in the life cycle of a song, the life cycle of an artist. So I think the other the other side of that question is what do you what do both of you think people spend too much time worrying about, specifically songwriters? I just know what they don't worry enough about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do think that a lot of it is, um, you know, to worry too much about your your numbers and your stats and your, you know, um, followers when if something's going to go, I mean, we see it at TuneCore all the time, like the biggest viral hits are overnight. Like no amount of study of... Yeah, you watch know, me happened. I mean, like in forty eight hours. And now we all have uh we have these little Christmas bobblehead things <laughs> yes, that we do. just strewn sing about the, the office. That sing, sing watch the song. me. <laughs> it's funny, I was watching this uh video yesterday. Um I think it was AJ Plus. Someone someone made a little tiny doc about uh fidget spinners that just I don't even know like what decade they're from, but apparently they just made a comeback and they just became super viral over like two days three days and yeah basically the the professor that was talking about it it was like he he writes books about uh influencing and fads and how it happens why it happens can we manufacture it and he was like nope no idea you'll never find you'll go crazy trying to figure it out and honestly once you drill that through your head as an artist uh in any medium you just you you relax and you're like okay well i'm just gonna do what i want to leave behind and if people pick it up that's cool if not oh well like at least i got it out of my system mm-hmm. i made it and, and it's I, become such a game the yeah. the followers and the all of it that um if you get caught up in it you lose the heart of what you're doing and it's just um you know, just to go back to the viral hits, it's like you will never, ever predict what's going to go. And the minute it goes, it goes so fast that if you haven't dealt with your business ahead of time, you cannot catch up. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't, you know, just to go back to like my rights administration wonk, but it's <laughs> like if you don't deal ahead of time with your YouTube, with your, you know, Spotify with your all of it. You just you're gonna watch that go and it's money going out the window because you can't get that back. They won't pay you retroactively for and like YouTube won't I've had people come and say, Oh, this went viral. I have, you know, thirty five million views. Um, can we register the publishing? I'm like, Well you can, but <laughs> the rest of it like it's moving forward and the thirty five million is just, you know, Lessons learned. Flying in the breeze, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's also like, you know, you get you get licensed on a show, like like an HBO show, and you have no idea. People might be like, this is my new favorite song, and it's the only thing that I'm going to listen to. I mean, I am this kind of listener where, like, I will hear a song that I like, and then it's the only thing that I listen to for, like, two weeks. And then, but, yeah, it really is. Like, it happens that quickly where you're on... You know, you're on a show and then that night, like you suddenly get all of this, this recognition that you didn't get before you're on a commercial or anything like that. 
yeah. really does happen that that fast. Um, so I think to to sort of wrap up a little bit, what do both of you think is the best advice that you can offer somebody who maybe is just distributing their first song that they've written or they they have a collection of songs that they've written and they're really going to try and get out there and turn it into a career. Um, I think for you, Starcadian, that's something as both the songwriter and somebody who records your own music, like what is the best advice that you can give somebody who's just starting out? Ooh. Um, I give you a loaded it's question. It's a loaded. I was just going to say, that's a loaded question. Um, well, it's a good question for these days because we're kind of living in a strange cultural... I feel there's a bit of a culture war going on right now where there's people... Um, there's like there's many fronts to this war. There's disposable, fast uh, music that just doesn't really register, but it's just background stuff and people can make a cottage industry out of that one but there's also people that are still kind of rallying the good fight for like no this is a song that i wrote that's supposed to last more than a week and then there's people that you know make a career out of villainy not to name names but you know there's people that play the bad guy role and that's kind of their thing but again that's more of a it's not really about the art it's about the character as a whole so it's very easy to lose focus of what to do as a new artist when you have all these fronts feeding you like, oh, no, you should do it this way, you should do it that way. And I think more important than anything, it's to do what you're too embarrassed to admit that you really want to do as a musician. That's what you should do. Like if you feel like you should sound like the chain smokers, then that's because you're being told to sound like the chain smokers or no not to single them out any any popular band like you have to make what you truly believe in because that's the only way you'll be able to get in the focus zone and keep producing or else you just keep getting stumped because you're coming from a different direction and you don't know how to get there no i think that's really awesome advice for just art in general is like you it's your voice you're gonna if you're trying to sound like somebody else, you're going to constantly be stuck because oh, yeah. you don't mm-hmm. know what you sound like. I mean, something that I really like about your music is how how it all reflects around this mythology and how it's all very personalized to you. Like all of your music sounds like your music and it doesn't really sound like anybody else. Um, and that only comes from you being yourself. I mean, that's pretty hokey. That's pretty cheesy to be like, just be yourself. But no, I, but, but it's, it's true. true though, because yeah, I mean, because like, you know, when I was making that album, when I'm making this album too, when I'm trying to do something a t- like a little bit different, like you find yourself in a completely insecure state, and you don't know, like, well, what's gonna sell? What's what? What should I do? What? And that doesn't matter. Like, what do you? What were you listening to when you grew up? Like, what informed you? what formed your neurons that's the stuff that you'll probably do best it's 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 almost it's like dressing like you dress for you you don't dress you dress for your body type you know like you own it it's whatever it is it's beautiful you dress for that if you try to go against it it's like wearing baggy baggy clothes like why are you wearing baggy clothes because everyone else is wearing baggy clothes like just wear what you feel comfortable wearing that's what music is I think, sorry to hog the mic, but the last thing I really wanted to say was that like uh, it's important for people to remember that there's three tightropes as an independent artist. Um, 
at least that's my theory. There's three main tightropes. And one is art versus commerce. The other is old versus new. And the other one is you versus, versus not a good word, but you and what other people want. And you have to find the balance in all three tightropes. And it's not as complicated as it sounds. It's just something that you need to find your comfort zone and just find the sweet spot, um, you know, on all three of those. Like, what's popular? What do you want to make? What can you borrow? But what can you bring to the table that's new? And, like, what you truly want to make and what sells right now. So it's a little, you know, it can get a little complicated, but, you know, that's why it's music. Oh, and I, I was just going to add that, um, it's, it's the minute I worked at a company once that was constantly chasing a trend. And it was like, by the time the record was ready, it was just like, well, that was, that's old. Yeah, so exactly. It's like, okay, so on to the new. And then our biggest successes came from stuff that everyone's like, I've never heard that before. And I don't know if it's going to go. And then it would sell 15 million copies. I mean, it was truly that stark of a difference. So yeah. I just, just to echo what you're saying is just to do what comes naturally to you and what's in your heart and to be true to your, to your creativity and not worry about who's going to buy it and what station it's going to, you know, and, and, you know, go at it from a business forward stance go from a creative forward stance because the business that's what we're here to take care of really and that's what i always tell artists it's like let us handle the business aspect of it you can do all of this by yourself like publishing you know not distribution but publishing you can pretty much do by yourself but you will have no time left to do any creative and you won't do it as well as a company can do it for you um but there's no law that says that you have to have a publishing company. There's no law that says you have to register your publishing. But if, if, uh, and you can 100% do it yourself, but, um, it just takes away. It's such a time. I mean, we have mm -hmm. a company around it. So it's, um, it takes away from, from an artist being an artist. Um, that's, and that's what we're here to help alleviate that worry. Amen. Yeah, I think just one last thing to add too is is if you do go viral, if you do gain a lot of popularity very quickly, also don't worry about how people are perceiving your music, I think, because at some point like you're going to put it out into the world and people are going to internalize it however they want. Mm -hmm. Um and you sort of like if it's successful, like let it be successful, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, so Starcadian, do you have anything that you want to plug? Your new album, the um, movie? Yeah, the new album, uh, Midnight Signals, should be wrapped up uh, within the next few months. Uh, so we're looking at a summer, or I'm looking at a summer or fall release. Um, yeah, so I guess stay tuned. Awesome. Jillian, is there anything that you want to plug? <laughs> well, I could plug... TuneCore Music Publishing. <laughs> um, no, the publishing admin service is, um, you know, as we've been saying, it's, I think it's really important for songwriters and it's really easy. And um, we're constantly working to make it easier and to kind of open up licensing opportunities for more and more of our songwriters. So um, that's always top of our mind. So awesome. 
more about it on the website. <laughs> yeah, if you want, if you have any questions about music publishing, um, specifically the TuneCore Publishing Administration, you can go to tunecore.com slash music dash publishing dash administration. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to Music Made Me. Rate us on iTunes and follow us on social media at TuneCore. Is there anywhere where people can follow you, Starcadian? Or? Um, you can go to starcadian.com. It has a link to all the socials and, you know, awesome. face chat, my snapbook and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks for being here, both of you. Thank and you. Uh, Thank you. thanks for listening.